Hello, players who have a Spotify playlist dedicated to each individual session. And DMs who shoot for a TPK every single session. Welcome back to Table Talk. I'm Maddie Conway. And I'm Robert Lopez. What do we have on the, I almost said docket. Is docket the right word? Yeah, like what's on the docket today, I guess. is What are we doing? Talking about natural failures um, and just failing at the table in general. It's a fun life topic that people like to talk (laughs) about in entrepreneurship, like failing forward, which I have talked about because in my real like normal person day, people call me an entrepreneur, so I've talked about it. But this is more of like, how do you walk away from a natural one at the table and not just be shitty the whole rest of the session or as a DM, how do you not succumb to that that peer pressure, even if it's not deliberate, and like let your player off easier when you already set a consequence for that role? Yeah. Those are some of the things we're going to be talking about today. Kind of a heavier topic. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot it's like just, scarier uh, than it actually is. It's just something important to think about before you, you, I think, go to a table if you can. And it's just... Dealing with failure at the table sucks, especially when it's in a key moment or when you're really mm-hmm. attached to the character. And it's like just as fun as it is rolling a natural 20 on like the game changing throw. Yeah. It's also game changing if you roll a natural one. And it kills you inside. Because mm-hmm. like when you're looking at these games, you're thinking about all of the high highs and you're thinking about all of the cool things you've done. Mm-hmm. And then you also have those moments and you forget about them eventually in the same way that you like forget about a lot of your like real failures in life and you remember your successes yeah, you know and you blah, blah, blah. All those bad things in yeah. your life. This is another another one of those. You suppress them. You definitely do. Uh, but I think that there's also like opportunities to turn those failures into just as memorable of moments and not always in a negative way mm-hmm. um, as those successes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Failure is inevitable. Accept it. Live with it. Internalize yep. it. Box it up and put it in a place where you're not going to touch it for another like 10 years until you're in like a therapy office. Yeah, unless it's incredibly consequential for the next several sessions. Well, yeah. Um, in which case you can't run away from it unless you just decide to not show up to the table. Yeah. So um, from the Deem's perspective, I think failure is, again, it hurts me as much as it does you all watching you fail a role like that. Um, I don't think we've had any crazy critical failures at the table We've, I feel like we've had more critical successes than we have yeah. failures. Most of our like big failures, you've found a way to like... Yeah, try and curve them a little bit or give you an opportunity out of it. Um, so that's the thing about setting rules and um, setting DCs for things or consequences ahead of time. There was a time where, as a DM, I... Uh, really, I felt like everything that I was watching in real plays, like Dimension 20 or Critical Role, I was like, wow, they must have had like that consequence set up way in advance or that mechanic like set up way in advance. And then you like, you watch interviews with those people or those DMs and it's like, no, I kind of came up with that consequence like on the fly or in the moment. Um, and so I think as a DM being easier on yourself and not going into it saying, okay, if they roll a natural failure, um, it's going to end the game. Because as like, fun as that is, in theory, to be like, yeah, real-world consequences, bitches. It, it also sucks in practice. Yeah, it also kind of sucks in practice because it's one of those things you never actually expect it to happen. Yeah. Kind of like when you have characters or when you have PCs, Jesus Christ, when you have players make backup PCs, it sets this tone in everyone's head where it's like, cool, people are probably going to die. Yeah. And then the last campaign that I that I ran, or I guess um, like episode, if you will, of the campaign that I ran, 
people died. Several yeah. people died, actually. Um, very early on, too, which is what fucking threw me for a loop. But anyways, um, it's just kind of one of those things. As a DM, try not to set super concrete consequences um, unless you've established it with your table beforehand. Hey, guys, this is going to be one of those roles where, like, we could be done with this game tonight. Yeah. That could happen. That shit is so scary. Instead of being like, okay, here's this really consequential role. Hope you don't roll bad. And then they get a natural one. And then you're like, surprise, bitch, game's over. Yeah, I, I think that kind of sucks. If if you're like letting that that surprise failure be like the yeah, consequential one. Mm-hmm. I think I, I like the idea of like keeping it loose of like if you roll a nat one in combat, um, like obviously there's a lot of things that can happen. Some people do it where like you end up like hurting yourself or mm-hmm. this, that or the other. Yeah. So those Something are like those that. those ones can be funny talking about like ability natural ones or yeah. like roll to hit natural ones. So like <laughs> when people fail, when people get a natural one on rolling to hit something, my consequence is usually hitting something else. Or, like, losing their weapon or falling prone. Like, you swing so hard and miss, you fall to the ground. The amount of times that has happened to me at the table. Yeah, a lot of natural ones to hit. Um, It's common, it happens, but, like, same thing with ability checks. If it's, like, a natural one on dexterity, you go prone, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be cool. You lose both your fucking legs. Yeah, it's like, that's a lot. You're now a paraplegic. And I think there's also the idea, at least for me as a player, that, like, every time I fail or, like, roll poorly... And maybe this is just me because I've got like my definitely my own like internalized issues going on, which is something mm-hmm. I feel like I need to preface before going into this as someone with a very complicated relationship with failure. Um, that if my character fails, I feel like it's directly my fault or like maybe that's just yeah. because I'm like feeling like as the character or whatever. No, I, I think. But it makes me feel like, oh, my God, I failed. And I think that there's other ways to like. I think that's a pretty common experience, though. I mean, you're the one that made the character. You spent hours, presumably, into the backstory, into the pluses you had to the role. Uh, You've role-played your character up to that moment to be the person that makes that choice, that makes that role. And at the end of the day, unless somebody else is rolling for you, which means it's not your critical failure, you're the one that rolled dice. Yeah. Now, some people... Like, yeah, but like, the dice is cursed, or the dice is bad, or the dice wanted to hurt me this session, which, to each their own. I mean... I'm not here to debate dice superstitions. I... However, comma, <laughs> like, it's your hand that rolled them, and it left, so, I mean, it kind of is your fault, but I also... I recognize I'm the problem when I roll for it. It's also a random chance kind of thing. Like, yeah. you can't will a natural 20 into existence the same way you can't will a natural 1 into existence. The only way that's yeah. going to happen... Is if you shake it up in your hand and then you're one of those motherfuckers that just drops it that, instead of that's, rolling. It, that's, I've seen that happen. You just roll in your hand and then you just open your hand and drop. Absolutely. It's like, not. cool. It landed on a number. There was no roll to that <laughs> motherfucker. Like, sure, yeah, you rolled true. it in your hand a couple of times, but when it hit the table, it just sat there. Yeah. Do it again. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, there's so many different ways to roll dice, and I've seen some very interesting ones, and I always like. I like to think that the way you roll like says something about you, but I don't know what that means. Um, but one of the other things with failure is like, I think there's also failures that are not always your fault. If like you have a character and you've built this character to do one goddamn thing or be mm. good at like one goddamn thing. <laughs> Say you have a bard and they have like a My plus. My immediate thought was when you were trying to fight that crab. Yeah, the fucking crab. Uh-huh. Okay, not I had a, built not, her. Not a failure at all. It was not a failure. It was just, I could not roll decent for the life of me nothing was hitting nothing was happening and i was so 
pissed. And it was like one of those things where like, it's hard to, and how do you not let these failures that you're having at the table affect your mood? I'm someone who like, I get in a funk and I'm trying to fix yeah. that and like work out of that. But like, I just kept rolling though. awful and I couldn't do anything. Mm. And I was like, well, this is the one thing I fucking built her for was to be good at like this type of fighting, but I just couldn't land a goddamn hit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, in that encounter specifically, I didn't, I didn't have a plan that wasn't at all what I was, what I wanted to happen, but it's, you know, it's what Sam decided to do. Uh, and so it happened that way. And then suddenly there was this encounter that is very much geared for like one, maybe two specific kinds of people in the party. But like, if you're pure meleeing, incorrect wrong yeah, when you have a this thing's a, got a, a movement speed of like 40 and it has three different ways to keep you from moving so like good luck getting close to it so it's just a double action dash every single turn just yep. to stay with it and it was yep. and so that miserable I think, talking about that from the dm perspective i don't i didn't feel as bad about it because it wasn't something that i had like yes i made the choice to dm to be like and there's this crab there However, yeah, but comma, it wasn't like it a wasn't, focal point. It wasn't a planned encounter. No. I think with your planned encounters as a DM, making sure that everybody has an opportunity to interact so that it doesn't feel like a failure to them. Yeah. Like, and that's difficult, giving, setting up an encounter where there's an enemy type for each player or there's a mechanic that works well for each player is difficult depending on how many players you have at the table, mm-hmm. especially if your players are all very different um, in fighting style and play style. But like, if you're, if you're BBEG and the final fight can fly... Um, sucks to be a barbarian. Yeah. Like, cool, he's a flyer with crazy powerful magic. He's got a range of like 150 feet with with Spell Sniper. He doesn't even have to get close to you. Yeah. So then what do you do as a barbarian? Do you just sit there on the ground and be like, well, guys, I'm here to help if I... <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm here to do medicine checks. <laughs> it's one of those things where like if you get yourself in a pinch and you're like, fuck, well, I don't know what there is for me to do. And mm-hmm. it's hard to not feel like kind of in a funk with that. Yeah. 100%. And then I think it's also recognizing that like failure isn't always your fault. And even when you roll like a nat one, it doesn't always have to be like your direct fault like it's not always like oh well you slip on a banana peel and you're fucking stupid it could be a thing of like if you're a bard and you built this character to be great at performing but you roll a fucking nat one on like in a tavern trying to impress a crowd that's funny Mm -hmm. but maybe it's not you who's like and like maybe the player's having a bad day and it's like okay well maybe it's not you that are the problem maybe this crowd only listens to country music yeah this crowd actually can't play country music so they just don't fucking like you yeah and that way it's like it's not your fault as a player or like as a character but also there's consequences and sometimes failure can be fucking hilarious mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's genuinely where some of like Taking the funniest moments that you have at the table come from somebody rolling a nat one on something and being like you don't know where the fuck you are man mm-hmm. or like even turning i think as a dm there are plenty of ways you can turn nat ones into successes in their own right or giving them the wrong answer or the right answer with like the wrong question that kind of a thing like with same thing with sam that same one shot um he ended up getting the right answer on like a really wrong hunch um yeah. And I think there are plenty of ways as a DM where you can redirect it so that it's like, cool, now that you've rolled a nat one, you guys are fucked, the story's over, Merry Christmas, you're not going to be able to progress anything. Like, that's shit. I love all of you DMs that are listening. If you do that, you're a shit person. Yeah. I understand setting real-world consequences, but, like, at the end of the day, as fun as this is for you, it's also supposed to be fun for the players. Yeah. Let them fucking breathe. Yeah. Yes, it's a natural one. Yes, there should be real-world consequences to that, but it should not throw off the entire session or... The point of the campaign or the one shot doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Unless that's been discussed beforehand. Like, hey, table, this is a roll. If you fuck it up, 
everything is going to be very different and it's all going to suck. At least they know. But yeah. if it's like you rolled a natural one on this really casual perception check, Merry Christmas, the BBEG is actually right behind you and is going to kill your whole family. Like, Yeah, like that's so okay. much. Eat a dick. Like, so really? Much. Natural one? <laughs> it's also a thing of like, I think, oh my God, I completely lost my thought. Never mind. Fuck me, I guess. I was going to say, while you're trying to think of it, um, also a fun resource for DMs, there are plenty of Natural One PDFs that you can find online or in game stores as well that they sell in little card packs. Same thing for uh, Natural 20s. They're called like Critical Fail and Critical uh, critical 20 Boxes or like Outcomes. Um, they're kind of It's kind of set up like a D100 table, but basically it gives you a bunch of different uh, fails, like failures that the player could have failed, so... Uh, depending on how nice the PDF and or box of cards is, it'll have like a list of potential failure outcomes for every ability check, rolls to hit, that kind of a thing. Um, and even sometimes on death saving throws, which depending on the, the table you're playing at is either you die or you lose two. Yeah, I'm a lose two kind of person. I don't think a natural failure should just automatically fucking kill you. But it also depends on the setting I'm playing in. Maybe there's one where it is. Anyways. Yeah. That little box, or basically that little PDF that you can have pulled up, um, is really helpful if you're having a hard time thinking of like more creative or more fun natural failures uh, or natural successes. So you would just go to like scroll over to where it says natural failure for like strength checks. Scroll down. One of them might be like you hit the thing so hard, your sword breaks, or like you grip the handle of this thing so hard that it breaks. Uh, or it could be like, uh, like you just, you overdo it. Like natural failures don't always have you to be your back out. It's not like something yeah, you natural failures. Damage, you're just like really sore and you have disadvantage mm-hmm. on your next like two strength checks. Yeah. Like natural failures don't always have to be super, super negative. They can also be fun in terms of flavor. It can be like, cool, on a natural failure, you do double the damage on this. Like, you, I don't know, you do like double damage on your next hit, but the next time you hit something, your sword breaks. Yeah. Um, and so those are sometimes the more creative ways as a DM to then give somebody a natural failure where it's a cool moment for them as a character. It sucks because it's a natural one. You rolled the dice. You didn't get the good side of it. But also here's something a little fun to like loosen, you know, like lessen the blow of losing your weapon. Yeah. And also speaking of like creative ways to fail, sometimes you're going to fail so spectacularly hard at something so inconsequential. I want the... I had advantage on like a perception check in this room mm-hmm. and I rolled two nat ones. Which is insane, by the way. Which is nuts. And it was a moment where all of us at the table just kind of like looked at each other. We're like, well, how the fuck do we proceed? How how do we make negative consequences? Because it, it would be one to thing if it was just a nat one of like, you don't notice anything. You're baffled. But yeah. two nat ones is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you so being like, twice. I you I guess you have a stroke. You're you bl- yeah, you have a stroke. Now. Yep. Your eyes stop working. You've suddenly gone blind. You pass out. Yeah. This... <sighs> Dealing with with critical failures, man, gets really fucking difficult when it's something super simple. Like, it could totally be just, hey, you walk in this room, do you want to investigate? Yeah, I'll I'll roll an investigation check. Sick, we'll call it DC like five to notice this huge painting on the wall. Two natural ones. How do you even proceed? (laughs) It's like, so are you just blind then? Are you incapable of seeing the giant thing on the wall in front of you? You think it's a window. And that's kind of where you have to take it, man. Like, you just got to throw it in a funnier direction. Like, that's always been my take or my direction if somebody naturally fails at something really fucking easy. I'm like, me as a DM and you as a player understand that there's no reason you should not have been able to see the thing in front of you. But today, 
You don't. Uh, and here's a funny consequence of not saying that. And it could be like, uh, I don't, it could even be something funny and like, oh, they, they trigger a trap or they read into the image in like a wrong way. They think yeah. it's their father instead of the BBG. And like, maybe there's a fun connection there you can make. Yeah. Like there are plenty of, of fun ways you can throw natural ones when you're failing at really fucking mundane stuff. It's like, look at me a dexterity, like five check to clear this like two inch gap between these buildings. Yeah. Natural one. Cool, your shoes come off or something. I don't fucking know, but I'm not going to have you, like, fall into the street below and kill yourself. Yeah, like, that's so much. I'm pretty sure it was in Fantasy High the first time that, like, Gorgug is like, are you my dad? Was because of a natural one. Oh, yeah, and they were all that ones. And ended up becoming, like... His shtick, he'd ask everybody if it was Truly one dad, of yeah. the funniest fucking things in, like, It was bits. a bit. 100% a bit. Um, yeah, natural ones turn into bits really quick. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, if it's, like, a routine thing. And I think it's also a thing of, like, gauging where your players are at. It's like, okay, has this player been doing okay today? Mm-hmm. Have they been rolling decent? Or has everything that they've done today failed spectacularly? Yeah, 100%. Reading your players, like, feelings and emotions and, like, perceived luck at the table is definitely a big thing. Because, like, if somebody has been rolling really well today, they've done super good in the combat encounter, they help solve the puzzle... Maybe on a natural one, I don't mind giving them some really shitty consequences because it's like it's it's not that you didn't try. It's just the roll of the dice. Like, yeah. And that makes it a little easier than for that player to take it at face value and say, yeah, you know, shitty things happen. It's a real world is, you know, made, make believe in our head. But it's it a real world. It also makes those failures easier to laugh at and take. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, yeah, I beat his ass like two, two, three different ways. He was at one HP. I rolled a nat one. It's a cinematic moment. He, like, reaches up and stabs me right as I'm about to finish him off. Dun-dun-dun. Big, bad, evil, you know, evil character moment, whatever. But now it's, like, set up for a later encounter, so. Yeah. Uh, versus, like, if they're rolling shit the whole time, if it's maybe. Been, yeah, if it's been bad the whole way around. Maybe don't be like, well, you fall on your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't bully your players because of natural ones. Like, unless they can take it, in which case maybe you do, and yeah. it's fun. And I wish I had advice for players on, like, not feeling shitty and grumpy at the table when you keep failing. It's difficult. I wish that I did have that advice because I would take it myself. I'm just, personally, I know that's an issue at our table, and I just try to, like, breathe through it and be like, "Yeah, it's fine. I think it's the, fine. I think the easiest way for me as a player when I've, when I've played and I've hit natural ones is to, instead of immediately going into I hate my life i rolled a natural one everything sucks i try and take it in and like okay what does this mean for my character what does this mean for the campaign like i try and you know like desensitize i guess and take it more and like um like what is this set up for me now instead of uh like i'm a terrible player or you know i'm a bad person i rolled shit on this roll it's okay so what is this what does this do for me next mm-hmm. do you uh, start to qu- if you're like a paladin or a cleric yeah if i rolled a natural one on on wisdom like let's say that it's um i'm trying to decide as a paladin whether or not to kill somebody uh and my dm gives me a a wisdom saving throw to and it's like i don't know we'll call it like dc 10 we'll say dc 10 to um make the decision yourself or like to to like lean more into your paladin like uh holy vows or like below a 10 you like give into the darker side of things and on a natural one I think then is a really fun role-playing moment for you as a paladin. Um, like, you're just fully overcome with emotion, and, like, you do the rash thing and you kill the person. Uh, now that might make you, like, an Oathbreaker paladin, or it might mm-hmm. send you on a separate side quest to, like, retake your vows. Maybe you choose to go without an oath altogether uh, until you can, like, redeem yourself 
Um, so I think there are plenty of ways, too, as a player where you can take it in stride and be like, this could be a really fun arc for the character. Like, that's... I also have an easier time desensitizing myself and detaching myself from the, the PCs that I play. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I get into them, don't get me wrong. But I think I'm still very much looking at it as, like, me playing The Sims kind of person, where it's yeah. like, this is a little me that I'm just moving around in this world and like, yes, I am autonomous as this character, but also I'm not that character. Yeah. I'm incapable of doing all these crazy, wacky, magical things in this fantasy universe, not even close to who I am in real life. Um, no, so mine's like fuck the it. We're going like... to take it dark, dark horse route is what it is. Sounds fun for my character. Fuck it. See, mine's like, you know, when you're a kid and you go to a movie and you like watch an action movie or something and you come out and you're like, I can do that. Like, I could be, like, a fucking ninja or, like, sword fight or, like, any of that shit. And you're just, like, that blind, like, confidence. Mm-hmm. That's how I mm-hmm. feel at the table when it's, like, I'm, like, no, I could do that in real life. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. I fully can't. I yep. can't do any of the things. Once you get but... into it. I mean, that's what makes for some fun roleplay, though, when your characters or when your players really believe, like, not that they are the character, because that's, like... I mean, acting. That, that's, like, DID, right? But, oh, um... Not to shit on DID, I know plenty of people that have it, but anyways, um, like there's a, there's a line I think to be crossed and also to not be crossed when it comes to like players getting into character because sometimes the character that they're playing is not a wonderful person and so it's yep. just a garbage experience for everybody else to be at the mm-hmm. table. It's like okay, I am so happy for you that you have found your your piece, your niche. Mm-hmm. Your niche is this really not cool character as a person because like sure bad people exist you're playing one it is what it is that also doesn't mean that you need to embody everything about that character uh and shit on everybody else's fun yeah it's and maybe i'm also writing a high right now because in both of the the campaigns that i'm playing and i'm playing a very positive character which is a change from the last two that i played one was like very just exhausted and annoyed with Mm. everyone and then the first one was a bitch um (laughs) But it's, I, I, I miss her. And see, I would even go to say that so sometimes, bad. and don't, don't take this too much to heart, sometimes you, you were that player at the table where it's yeah, like you I, fully yeah. embodied that negative mindset because you're an actor, it's what you do. Yeah. Uh, but that also led to everybody at the table like groaning together like, okay, <laughs> we get it. Can we not fuck up every decision we make because yeah. you're crazy and drunk all the time? And wanting to make your own decisions, can we like act as a party and not do the bad thing? Yeah. And then and Magnolia's I, like, nope, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Wrong sure. decision. She got better at the end. She did. A little. But like, at least there in the middle, it was, I think, specifically when we were playing with Spencer, I think he was exhausted sometimes at the end oh, of the night because it was like yeah. him constantly being like, here's literally the best possible decision. I've rolled three intelligence checks, all of them have been 25 plus. This is what we should do. And Magnolia's like, nope. I'm just going to touch it. Incorrect. I'm just going to grab something. I'm grabbing it. I'm just going to just kill the bad it. guy without I'm any. hit it. Yeah. And it was something that I definitely learned as a player of like, and, and I think that was coming from like adjusting of being an actor and like mm. in a world where it's like you're with other characters. So it doesn't. Yeah. And, and thinking of the other people at the table as these are also people playing a character who have equal amount of interest in their characters yeah. as yeah, I yeah. have in mine. You also want to be the main character. Yeah. It's difficult to to manage that like and, how and much... just remembering that like other characters even though they're characters are still there 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 are people playing them and there are consequences mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. what you do and what you say. Um and so it was a fun thing it, it was definitely a balance of like learning that out. Yeah. Um and it was also it, it, I would suggest playing a more positive character before you 
delve into like playing a, an edgier, like bitchier yeah. character. I agree. Um, I think it's easier to be the happy-go-lucky like elf or gnome or some shit where it's yeah. like everything is great, optimism, woohoo, or even just like a character that has fun doing what they do, like a like a, a grog kind of character where yeah. it's like he's not necessarily happy-go-lucky, but like he's so far on the everything is fun side that like he's never really that depressing. Um, and so that's often easier to embody the first time around than like yeah. playing a character who's more down in the dumps. Uh, and maybe even more like kind of towards the, the evil or side in nature because then it just it just gets really easy to lean into like a full villain kind of thing. And like if you're playing a campaign where everybody's a villain, that works fine. You're playing in a campaign where like the title for your group, they're heroes, they're adventurers. Maybe not. Maybe being, that's not the vibe. <laughs> being the guy that goes around and kicks puppies and shits on people for having vaginas all the time is like maybe not the move. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like there's just, there's a time and place for it. Respectfully, this is not the time nor place. Yeah. It's, and it's also something that you need to like kind of talk with the people at your table and also mm -hmm. kind of set boundaries with people of being like, hey, because I think it was also like me realizing, oh, I'm a, like an actor. I come from an actor background. I'm getting really into like role playing character stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting at a table full of people who are not. Yeah, who aren't actors. Who are not in theater, who mm -hmm. do not do that. I'm I'm sitting at a table with people who live normal lives. Mm -hmm. And, and who are maybe, not like as into the being the character yeah. the whole time fully. So maybe coming out swinging as a bitch is not. The move. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, 100%, I think respecting the fact that there are other people at the table is huge. And I think to wrap it back down to the natural failures, too, as a, a player who is not rolling the natural failure uh, and who is just at the table with the other person who has rolled the natural failure, there is definitely a time and a place to be like, haha, that sucks. And there's also some place to be like, wow, man, like that really sucks. Yeah. Um, because it also is equally as bad when your other player looks to you and goes, really? A natural one? Yeah, that's Or everyone, shit. like, puts their, like, hands in their head and is like, holy fuck, a natural one. It's like, okay, guys, I get it. I get it. This is like, this, yeah, no, I'm sucked. aware. I'm aware this fails. I'm aware that yep. this is going very I'm shit right the now. the one that rolled it. You don't have to remind me by looking at me like I've just kicked your fucking child that yeah. I got a natural one, guys. I get it. I'm the one that rolled it. Yeah, I, it's like, I'm the one having consequences. I don't know why you are upset. Mm -hmm. Also, at the same time, though, having a, if, if you're like another player at the table and someone else rolls a critical failure on something that you can tell that they're kind of like upset about, mm -hmm. re, like have your character be like, hey, man, that really yeah. sucked. Are you okay? Or like, and oh, I think that, are you cool? I think or that like, doesn't happen them. enough at normal tables. People yeah. checking it, like PCs checking in on other PCs on like a real like person to person note. I think it's very easy to, and this just depends on what kind of level of realism you want in your campaign, right? But like, if I see somebody truly fail, like one of my best, I don't even, not even best friends, someone that I like a coworker that I've spent, I mean, months of my life doing life or death activities with fail at something that's really meaningful to them as a person. Yeah. There is no world in which I, as a decent person, I'm just going to fucking ignore that and then go back to being a regular person. Yeah. You know, like I am going to go up to them, even if it's not in a super like, hey, bro, you want to sit down over a coffee and like really talk about your feelings? Just kind of like a check in and be like, we'll get them next time. Like, let's see what we can do to go after them. How do we fix this? Like, yeah. you, can, you can hop into the problem solving role too if you don't feel comfortable doing the like pat on the back and like really asking how they're doing. Uh, I but, feel like that's something a lot of us as players do is we mm. leave those little like nuggets and those little hooks for other people to question of like everyone has like, <clears throat> or not everyone, but a lot of people will play a character at some point with like 
an edgy secret or a deep, yeah. dark secret, or they'll lay like very clear clues of something they want people to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then oftentimes no one ever does because yeah. why would you? You're and not I think a lot of that, that too, we'll probably end up talking about in our inclusive table topping episode, which is kind of when we're going to get into more of like ethics of being a player, the wrongs and the right ways to do it. Um, but yeah, like specifically with, with uh, talking about like mental illness too, I think it's a real thing. Uh, that your characters will experience because they are real people. Like, you know, you don't have to be like, cool, they're schizophrenic now. Uh, but like the idea that somebody is not going to be depressed as in like the clinical symptom of depression after failing at something that is potentially like world ending for them. Yeah. You're fucking funny. Like you're real funny to think that your guy's just going to get up and be like, well, looks like we're going to go stab him again later. Yeah. And it's also a thing of like, it's cool to care, guys. Mm-hmm. It's cool for your characters to care about other people. That's okay, yes. and that's that, allowed. That's difficult. Like, that intimacy, I think, is really hard to broach. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, just there's a lot to it. Um, I think there's also, like, a fear sometimes of, like, at least for people who aren't as, like, into the world of, like, role play or, like, performing or everything, of, mm-hmm. like, where do you draw the line between the table and... And you. And you. Yeah. And I think that's what scares a lot of people from um, having that check-in of, like, when a character fails of being like, hey, like, you good? Or, like, having, mm-hmm. a, like, a, a deeper connection with. Yeah, 100%. And so we also have another episode where we're going to talk about role-playing, and that's also yes. really important. I'm so excited for that episode. Um, but, yeah, back on track with natural ones. Uh, other ways to take that. I don't know. Kind of natural failures are are, um, are difficult, I think, to manage in any way. I say as a, as a DM kind of wrap it back down to where I originally started talking about um, don't set really difficult consequences for specific roles ahead of time unless mm-hmm. you know you want to commit to that. Something that uh, happened in one of Dimension 20's most recent campaigns, Mentopolis, was there was oh a mechanic in one of the last big fights where uh, Brennan, the DM, literally straight up asked him, he was like, hey, here's, I, like, this mechanic is going to happen. What do you, you as players, want the number of hits you have to take to be before you go down? Yeah. Because they're playing on a kids on bike system where... There's no real combat. Yeah, where there's no real combat. So he just straight up asked the table. He was like, being fair and honest and realistic, what do you all as players want like the number of hits to be before your character goes down? And they were like, three. Yeah, they're like, three is universally... I, I think somebody made the joke. It was like, 75. And then yeah. it's like, yeah, but realistically, it's three. Like, three is just kind of like the good number. And then being like, okay, so two big hits or like mm. two critical hits. Yeah, or big hits. hits. How do you handle big hits versus small hits? Um, yeah, so like a critical would be like two hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then not a critical would be like one hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then... Um, the most insane thing happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think as a DM, don't be afraid to straight up just ask your players, hey, guys, there's this is mechanic that I plan on using for this fight, or you're about to roll for this. Like, I've done this several times, and I'm like, listen, you all can tell me what you want the difficulty on this to be, and we'll roll it from there. Just know that if you fail this, it's going to have a lot of consequences. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, it puts pressures on the players for sure. But it also makes it a little more fair in the sense of, like, you as a DM don't have to feel like you're blindsiding them with this crazy mechanic that if they fail, like, it's going to have a bunch of crazy, stupid consequences yeah. to it, you know? It also puts that failure on the players as well. It's like, well, I agreed to it, so I kind of fucked myself yeah. there. <laughs> it's definitely a little bit <laughs> so of, like, place the plausible blame. deniability. Yeah. It's like, mm, that's you guys. Like, I, you could have said two. You could have said the DC to two group. Like, if that was a group decision, that's what it would have been. 
But at the same time, but also in the context of talking about natural ones, doesn't matter what you get. Like, yeah, it's gonna fucking fail no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, natural ones. Um, that's another an interesting thing about natural ones is the way that they work mechanically. Um, some, I think the way that they're talked about in like players and DMs handbooks is that a natural one overrides any other role that's being made. Same thing with natural twenties. So like. Uh, if you roll four different rolls and one of them is a natural one, technically that natural one is supposed to override all your other ones. Same thing with a natural 20. Uh, but it's also interesting looking at like advantage versus disadvantage. So if you roll uh, an ability check with disadvantage and your your first roll is a natural one, your second roll is a natural 20, I think in that case you call it the natural one. But mm-hmm. it's the opposite if it's advantage. If you roll a natural one and then a natural 20, you go with your natural 20. Um, and so mechanically too, you can make nat ones work in as many different ways as you would like them to. There are also several mechanics to allow people to just say no to natural ones. Yeah, I, um, fuck that. Where you can re-roll them, and then you have fuck to stick that with that so rule. Much. <laughs> that is such bullshit. Yeah, there are several characters in my campaign right now that have taken a background that allows them to just no natural ones. Um, and and let me talk and about you're that for a minute. Forced to use the second roll, which because is the only also, thing that balances that. What as a race because it's uh halflings, correct? That I don't fucking know. Could be. I believe in the I I don't want to say this wrong. Anyway, if you are taking a thing where you can just say fucking no to nat ones. Mm-hmm. That is insane. That is fucking insane. If you think about that You're for five goddamn failures. minutes, you are immune to like failure. I mean, yeah, technically you can still fail, but like yeah. the level of failure that you're facing is not the same as the level of failure that the person next to you mm. can face. It's like the idea that you can just swing a fucking bat and know that you're never going to accidentally take your own goddamn knee out. Mm-hmm. Well, at least there's a significantly it's lower chance that it will happen. Yeah, um, mechanically too, they're just, they have classes and features and backgrounds and roles that uh, naturally shield you from failure more than others. Yeah. And two of the people at my table have taken that background, which means that they are naturally shielded from natural failures. Which is bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's capped in, in so much that you have to take the second role and you can't do anything to get rid of it. Um, but like, other than that, sky's the limit, man. Natural one, fuck you, I don't get it. Yeah. And there's also other things where of like features and things you can take where you can add dice or you can re-roll or blah, blah, blah. And I was playing like a wild magic sorcerer. So I was, I had a ton of features where I could just re-roll or just say no. So I guess this is also like, I'm starting to get used to natural failures for the first time mm-hmm. because yeah. I almost Not always had something. had the ability to like re-roll a roll or add yeah. a d6 to a roll or. Because I like almost always had one of those in my pocket or like saved or I was yeah. like. Gonna... And we finally moved into a party that doesn't have like a ridiculous amount of like bardic inspirations and yeah. shit like that where it's just being able to stack rolls. Now um, it's just like, cool, you roll flat. Yeah. There's you nothing you can you do get, to man. like. Which I mean, two of them do have the ability to give people rolls that just they don't have a lot of them to give right now. So because they're, you know, level fucking three. But yeah, it'll get better as time goes on. Failure sucks. Yeah, no, failure does suck. Um, Holy fuck, I feel like we've run out of the failure conversation running. We're like barely 40 minutes in. I know. 35. Failure. This feels like too short of an episode, Failure, 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 failure. It sucks. It's not very fun. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about successes. So there's the natural failure tables, which I already mentioned, which are really fun to use. Um... We've already talked about players taking natural failures in a fun way and DMs giving people or players natural failures in a fun way. Uh, 
go on the other spectrum. You can fudge them as well as the DM. Be like, ah, natural failure. It technically had a consequence behind the screen, but now that consequence is significantly less. Actually, I will say that. As a DM, even if you do set a mechanic uh, and you don't tell your players and they get a natural one, don't be afraid to scratch the fucking mechanic if you know it's going to suck balls to actually go through with. That happens several times at our table of, yeah. like, you mechanics either crit in, or, like, they roll a nat one and you were like, theory Ooh. can be really fun, but that's because they're theory. They become a lot more dangerous when they become, like, actually played or enacted. Yeah. Like, cool, I have this really fun mechanic behind the screen. If they roll a natural one on this, the world blows the fuck up. And that's the end of the campaign because it's like a really consequential, realistic world. And then everybody rolls a nat one and it's like, well, I don't actually want the campaign to end right now. So, like, maybe they just get teleported somewhere or, like, somebody dies. Call it a day there. Like, don't be afraid to just scratch out a number. Um, I said Brennan and, and, and Matt have both talked about this several times, basing, like, creature health on what feels right, just adding zeros or removing them uh, whenever it needs to happen. Like, I've done that several times. I'm like, I don't want this thing to die in two hits. I've spent too much time on it. I'm going to add a zero, or I'm going to add a one to the front of the number. Versus Um, also at a thing of like, oh, everyone is down, and they are not Yeah, versus like, this thing still has 400 health, and two of my players are down, and three of them are up with no spell slots. Maybe this thing is going to make the decision to leave. And that's when I'll start giving my creature wisdom saving throws to determine whether or not it wants to leave. Yeah. Because, I mean, in the way that I do that, to not, like, fib it too much is, okay, this thing has effectively won the fight. How intelligent is it and how smart is it to know that if it leaves right now, like, its goal will be achieved? Uh, and depending on how stupid the monster is, that's not really something I'm going to roll. Because, like, if this is if this thing's only, like, prerogative is to eat and reproduce then no, it's not going to leave the party of five with three of them down. It's going to finish eating them. Yeah. Um, because that's what it's doing. But if it's an intelligent, you know, if it's an intelligent creature, maybe it's like, cool, it's not really worth it to stick around or in the time that they're going to spend reviving each other, I could already get halfway through my master plan. And so then it's like rolling wisdom saving throws on my end as a DM for my creatures and for my uh, my BBEGs to be like, cool, Maybe uh, it's very obvious that the players need a breath right now. I know that, like, it'll make sense if this guy just fucking skedaddles, because that's his whole character thing. He skedaddles. He's a little fucking rat. Fucking skedaddler. He's, he's a rat. He leaves. He goes. Like, he's intelligent. He, he's all about Stupid getting his goals fuck. done. Fuck killing a party if I can just go and do the thing I was here to do anyways. Yeah. And he skedaddles. And, it, and that was always an interesting thing of, like, during the, the last fight, it came down to th- that bad guy in particular mm-hmm. um was alive but with just enough health left like yeah. one hit would have taken him down in our paladin it was his turn the rest of us were down mm-hmm. um and, and one of our players had just people or hit like him. died died like real life died yep and Failed the last there was throw. the one one more action left and it was a thing of like are we gonna save the party member from like permadeath or, or the multiverse. Or stop the bad guy. <laughs> and we chose to save the player. Yeah, the consequences and in that campaign get a little crazy. Yeah. It, it went from like, oh, Trying we're just like, we're home. going around. Oh, I'm going to save my city. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. All of existence? All of existence. That's what you said? <laughs> and all of all of fucking existence. And we're not characters that give a flying fuck about all of existence. Like and we're we found here out not about on the, our own uh, volition. And like, we found out about the all of existence thing literally like 
three sessions from the last session. Yeah. So if the stakes just the went from like, to him in like oh a yeah, nice casual way. this world, that world, the, these worlds can mm. die. They'll probably all be the fine. ones you like. Wait, are gonna all of them? Poof! All of them, and you find this out. That's someone telling you, "Hey, if you don't do this." Yeah. Everything is going to like explode. Yeah, that was me saying, listen guys, I would I would love if we had had four more sessions for me to give this to you in a nice digestible story like appropriate way. We do not. But we we have had people graduating. Three sessions left. Everybody is leaving. I want to make sure that the people that have been here from the start can actually see it to the end. So here's all of this really fucking important information that you all have been asking questions about for like two semesters now. Go save the world. Which was fun, but also so stressful, which was good. It was a high stress situation for sure. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. a lot of us like dicking around in those sessions before the end. And it was like, like, that was the first time we had had like a shopping episode. Yeah, I gave them a slice of life episode, like basically two sessions before the whole thing. And then because I was like, they haven't really had a chance to do anything fun ever. Um, pretty much since we started the campaign. It's all been very high consequences, high stakes. So, like, fuck it. Go shopping in Theros, which is just mock ancient Greece. And it, it was just Go a very a fun... get a toga and a haircut. Like. It was just a very fun whiplash <laughs> from, like, going on this cute little shopping adventure. They all have new outfits and, you know, got their hair and done. And the next day, to... one of them was trying to basically parlay with a god of death. It worked. Uh, stealing a knife that could resurrect a character or being. And then also 1v1ing a demigod in an arena and losing by a hair yeah. uh, after it cheated. Then like uh, it was all very quick and fast, and then straight resurrecting a god mm-hmm. immediately. Um, which I mean, that's how life resurrecting works. two gods, yeah, one with a knife and the other one, um, oh, no, the, the plant thing, yeah, the well, uh, Nidhogg, yeah, 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 yeah. One of my characters just straight up used a mechanic to kill themselves to bring a reptile back to life. That was and a then, theme in our campaign of people killing themselves to yep. bring other characters, and then back. a god got rezzed with a knife. Um, and almost, almost took over one of our player characters, and I would have loved if that had happened, but it fucking didn't. I it did not happen, and I was so upset. <laughs> I was so pissed. God damn it! You see, that's an idea. You do the like the one shot spinoffs. Yeah, no, no, no. Like there's... the multiverse, where like this is what happened if this would have succeeded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, there's no reason you can't do that if you're like in a world that you really like. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, don't be afraid to do one shots with um. With some of those hooks that maybe got missed or not stepped on the way that you would have liked them to have been stepped on, you know? Listen, like, if the Marvel movies are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want... What a fucking shit show of a universe that is currently. Yeah, I, I've The I've new Loki episode came out. MCU. Apparently it's got like a five everywhere. Everyone's like, yeah, they lost the director that made it cool. He's just now like Marvel's way of saying, look at these <sighs> things that are going to happen later. Yeah, I listen. I <laughs> I have conflicted feelings on the concept of the multiverse, or and in in media, I'm not getting into the real world multiverse shit. Yeah, but like, yeah, string theory, listen, stuff. if they're if Marvel and DC Comics are allowed to look and operate the way that they do mm-hmm. with, hey, fuck you, anything goes. Yep, you can make a one shot based off of one specific choice with uh-huh, the same characters uh-huh, uh-huh. and be like, cool, everything is the same except. There's gonna be like a different thing happens, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do like a little one shot. Like, listen, they side straight off. up fucking bailed on a city getting absolutely obliterated <laughs> by Tiamat with like a single head left. I didn't know her. Homie was like the main guy there who was like the prince 
underneath the queen basically was like cool we failed like that was actually a, a fun thing to tie it back to failure they failed hard as fuck in that encounter yeah i was gonna say that was probably that was our like biggest an didn't ultimate you roll failure. like a nat one and it like it was it was all bad so bahamut and tiamat were yeah, fighting while we were two... also doing our own giant fucking Speaking fight of which tiamat and bahamut for those that know D, you'll recognize those names as being two like cr35 creatures that should not be rolled into a very casual campaign they were brought in because there was a character that liked dragons and then died like four sessions later yeah so then i was stuck with having these like multiversal level no dragon characters yeah and then i was stuck with having these multiversal level fucking beings in my campaign with no reason to be there because the dragon yeah. guy left. Well, yeah. he died, yeah. but was gone. It was So now was it's just crazy. like, cool. I've introduced Tiamat. I've, intru- I've introduced Bahamut. They're both CR level 35s. They're both gods um, way above anything my players can handle. And they both have vested interest in everything that my players are doing. Yeah. And I mean, I could just writer's hole my way out of it and just say, cool, didn't happen. Uh, but they very much did happen. They interacted with a version of Tiamat several sessions earlier, like the yeah. second or third session of the whole campaign. Uh, they physically talked to Bahamut, and I introduced this really cool dragon monk bitch who also got fucking fried because of yeah. my players' decisions. Sorcerers, um, man. The they best. fucked it all up. Truly, my players in that campaign and that second part of the campaign made so many fucking shit decisions. But, I mean, the failures led to cool things at the end yeah. of the day. Like, they led to a lot of fights that otherwise wouldn't have happened. But in that particular moment, it was basically two fights between, or a fight between Bahamut, or, or yeah, Bahamut, however you call it, I just say Bahamut, and Tiamat. And essentially, they could throw up spell slots and actions to then uh, give pluses to Bahamut fighting Tiamat. And I rolled a natural one. <laughs> uh, like on, more, I feel like it was... We had a I think DC I rolled of, like, it was the first natural one to ones. five. Yeah, and I it think I rolled just, two natural ones on Bahamut's end. It was bad. And that was with us sending up lots of spell slots. Yeah. And I... He got fucking thrashed. Yeah, it was brutal. Absolutely obliterated. I mean, Tiamat came around, came away with one head, which for those of you, Tiamat is basically like a five-headed chromatic dragon. She's like the mother of all um, metal-type dragons. She's evil by heart. She has a, a brother called Bahamut, who is then like the god of all like good-natured dragons um like gold and gold uh, there aren't too many other good natured dragons um and they're like locked in an eternal conflict um i'll say the way they're two opposite ends of the coin that particular session i think mm-hmm. of it as kind of like our mid-season finale we played it while we were on spring break and we had like rented a cabin and, and it, it the was way really, that it ended sucked it was really <laughs> cool but that campaign had so much or that session had so much failure in it like when i yeah. think of that session it was it, so we start this fight, Listen, and then as our Keloy, I was like, and I yeah. would have gotten away with it too, because I was so fucking close to getting away with it. And it was, it was the bad guy Keloy showed up, mm. and then he ended up fighting on what we thought was our side, as we're having our own big battle. And then in the middle of our fucking fight, the dragons come in, so that's happening. Mm. And then mm. we, as individual players, my character started having like some legit failure because. Um, Yep. Keloy was trying to fucking yeet her out. Yeah, basically take her uh, over and then yeah. kidnap her ass. In the middle of the fight. Mm-hmm. And I just, I Nobody could not. Nobody had a way to know. I couldn't roll out of it. And it was, it was Dominate Persons. And so there was like what nothing. What I got in a way with it too. That I could do. And it was a thing of like, one of the characters um, was like, not nah, bullshit. You, she would never stand next to you, let alone like, mm-hmm. yeah, there was he's silent. She's been quiet for too long. Between those two characters. And so, he made an insight check. And I was like, damn, yeah. damn. So he starts 
trying to like fight him and turns and starts fighting Keloy, and so he's also trying to like fight these. It's so funny because he had like no fucking health and like two spell slots left, and I was like, listen, if you fight him, I'm not. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it with you. If you fight him, you will die. And he goes, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like him anymore. He just went no, fucking final straw. My city is destroyed. I'm gonna go start a boxing him. And we. I don't even killed remember. him. We oh, very yeah. quickly. I, say, I don't even remember what happened to Keelan in that session. He fucking died. He got eaten. Yeah. We very quickly realized as he was like, as Robert was like, I'm going to level with you guys. You might kill him right now. And I want you all mm-hmm. to know that. And I panicked because I was like, no, 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 no. We can't kill yeah, him yet. So, so I'm trying to tell everyone. That no. Had that everybody at the table needed, specifically her. And he died. <laughs> he got fucking eaten. it was a thing eaten. of like, I was like, no, please don't kill him. And it was like, I'm sorry. And then like one yeah. more stab. And then it became a thing of, okay, I've got like no spell slots left. I banished one of the three fucking dragons that were in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I need, he's had two positive like death saves. So I was like, okay, he's good. And then I rolled reincarnate. And I was like, okay, cool. I need some spell slots so I can get him out of here. And I, instead of, like, making that decision, I ended up failing uh, because I killed myself and I came back. And then I didn't think about concentration that had banished one of the dragons. It comes back, immediately eats him. So we failed. Yeah. We, like, we won Zero the fight. Zero holds bar on that. We won. They were we all so survived. close to we having that. We survived. Yeah. But it was still, every part of that was, like, seeped in failure. And it was mm-hmm. a thing of all of us being like, well, what the fuck do we do now? But then it ended up setting up this, like, completely new path that the story would not have taken otherwise. Yeah. So I failure leads to more success. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, if your DM sucks is, in the moment. is good at, like, twisting it that way. Um, that session went fucking nutty. Session was not really supposed to be as crazy as it was, but I mean, I was trying to to answer a lot of questions and tie off a lot of different branches at the same time. I was tired of doing the Tiamat and Bahamas stuff. I was like, "That's it's got to come to a head. It's going to be really cool to have them as it like a backdrop to in one the city." <laughs> yeah, it did they come down to one head? Um, just like a bunch of different stuff, man. And then of course, Keloy being there uh, or Loki, like the the big bad guy for the whole campaign. Showing up as well and being like, listen, I want this thing to be like as preserved as you do. Or I also want to get rid of it, whatever. I also don't fuck with that giant lizard thing over there. And I'm going to help you kill it. And I'll be damned if he didn't almost kill it. Like, truly, it was it was two gods. No, four gods. Four gods, there were four gods in that four fight. Gods were four gods in that and fight. what? Four level... I think y'all were level 10. Like Yeah, level like 15, level 10, level there. 15 characters. Which should not be... Nope. A group that's fighting together. And then you also include all of the like plant defenses that were deployed as well that were all trying to fight you guys. All like, these it goddamn was plant goons. Fucking pandemonium of a fight. There were so many things that were happening and so many like things at risk in that particular fight. And yeah, they lost. They straight up failed. Yeah. And it's like Bahamut ends up losing at the last minute. Um Keloy is eaten, which like for everybody else, they were like, woo! And then for Magnolia, she was like, no! Because like the, the plan was to keep him alive long enough to get a, several pieces of key information. Because he basically was the only person that knew the answers to the questions the party needed, but everyone else just hated him so much, they were like, we're not going to interfere. Yeah. Nope. And then he got fucking eaten. Well, that's another thing with playing with guys at the table. Blind rage overtakes everything else. Oh, uh, 100%. Yep. It's like, uh, it's their, it's their moment to, to hit stuff and make it is it there. Count. Hit him. Hit him. Yeah, but you forgetting about banish being a concentration oh spell and then killing yourself was and that wasn't such even a, that wasn't even a role failure. That was a me, Madison Conway. That was a me failure. That was yeah. 
I forgot that this is a concentration spell and not permanent, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. kill myself. And then Robert was like, so, and like everyone else kind of forgot about it too. So as it Robert's narrating this really keeping... cool thing where like I came back to life and everyone was like, holy shit, what the yeah, fuck? She's back. And then he's like, and then the dragon comes back and everyone was like, what? Mm-hmm. Because this thing was not not even close to death. Like, it was a fun stat block I found for uh, Nidhogg and God of War Ragnarok, which is one of my favorite fucking game series of all time. I have a PS5 controller that is like the limited edition. Anyways, Got that's a God of War dice box. Uh, yeah, God of War dice box that shout Maddie made. Me. Yeah, shout out Maddie. Um, I make it's... dice boxes. If you want a dice box, <laughs> email me. One of my favorite fucking series of all time. Anyways, there was a character. I mean, a lot of the campaign was inspired by that game, actually. And Nidhogg specifically, I knew I wanted to be a character that was involved because Nidhogg in mythology, she protects the world tree. Um, mm-hmm. And this weird kind of like... Uh, symbiotic and also a parasitic way. So the way that Nidhogg's lore go is, is that her and basically her spawn sit at the foot of the world tree and basically gnaw on rogue branches to keep it in check. She's animalistic, but she's also intelligent. So, like, she will eat the branches to keep them from going places they shouldn't, but also she will physically attack anybody that tries to otherwise fuck with the world tree, or uh, the Idrisil, as it's called in Norse, in Norse mythology. So the way that I had set it up was... The, the tree basically got yanked, um, and her natural instincts kicked in to protect it no matter where it went. And the issue was that its branches were now spreading to places it shouldn't be, and so they, they were basically tasked with removing a branch of the Idrisil from a particular realm. Uh, and the second they stepped up to do that, Nidhogg, who's this like basically CR-20, ridiculously broken, legendary action and resistance character... Fuck uh, legendary shows up and is like cool. Like is this? So the, and I even gave them a moment. I was like, listen, if you don't attack her or the branch, she's not going to attack you. And they were like, well, we're here to do a job. And then combat started, and she started fucking people up. Yeah. Um, it, which is what she was designed to do. But then, of course, this also presents the BBEG with an opportunity to kill one of his main obstacles, which is this CR twenty god level being that's always there to try and fuck up anything he wants to do. Also, this was a DM being like, "Y'all are gonna die so quickly. I'm gonna throw you a bone." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's that's almost exactly what it was too. I was <laughs> like, "There's no way they're gonna win this fight." Who's the only other person that would have a vested interest and could, in theory? 1v1 Nidhogg. And the only person that came to mind was the BBG Keloy. And I was like, fuck it. We're going to give him a shit ton of magical items and we're going to bump him up a shit ton. He's here. He's showing up. He's fighting with you. And he, f- he came in, started beating the shit out of Nidhogg, and then immediately was like, cool, I'm going to take Magnolia. Deuces. Yeah. Surprise, bitches. Like, and then that didn't... the whole time after yeah. all of us were like, hey, we don't trust you. And he's like, nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm chill cool. now. I'm, I'm cool. cool Listen, now. we have mutual interest right now. Pulled, I'm cool pulled though. I'm just gonna over. do a little bit of light kidnapping yeah, in the middle. Yeah, pull the wool over. And then of course, Nidhogg gets banished. Kiloy goes down. Kiloy is trying to be rest. Madison uh, kills herself to come back with full spell slots, and everyone forgets that the Nidhogg, who's still basically at above half health, uh, and doing like 50, 60 damage a turn to everything, not just like individual characters, because she had a lot of like AOE spells. Comes back, her immediate motivation, eat the motherfucker that's been 1v1ing her successfully. And that's what yeah. she did. Her first action back was to basically open this little pouch on her like throat area uh, and suck this motherfucker into like a mini realm that she has inside of herself yeah. so that he would never be able to come back. Like the instinctual... It like, was... And I even, I even did wisdom saving throw on her behalf. I was like, what does she do now that she's back? Does she try and fight the players or does she go for Keloy? 
and she failed the, the wisdom saving throw. So I was like, cool, this is a character who's enraged at being hit and beaten and bruised over trying to do her ancestral job. She's going for the one person in this fight that has been able to actually, like, hold a candle to her abilities, and that's what she did. Yeah, and it was, like, Again, that was that's one a that failure, was, though. That's, like, if it had been a it success. It was all failure. Which is funny. The success in that moment would have been her going for the players instead. Yeah. Which, they would have died. But also, Keele would have lived because he was he had two positives and no negatives yet, and he yeah. just got fucking eaten. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I just got eaten. Looking <laughs> like, back, it was, like, me, like, fa- and that's another, like, failure at the table that's not just rolling a nat one. Uh, that we haven't really like talked about much, which is like you as a player making a decision that, wow, that was a decision. And I've made plenty of those, uh, almost exclusively as Magnolia. Um, and that was one of those moments where that was something that I like legit, like almost lost sleep over of being like, why did I do that? Why did I not just um, take the second to like heal or stabilize this character and instead was like, nope, I randomly had a wild magic surge to reincarnate. So I'm just going to take advantage of that and do that instead. And it fucked everything over. Like we would have succeeded in that fight and it would have been a thing of, um, I, I, Bahamut probably would not have succeeded. But we as players would have succeeded. We would have kept the people that we needed to keep alive. And we would have been able to like get out of that fight with not as many bruises and cuts as we did. Um, but that's just not how it went. Hey, this shit sucks. Do you have something you want to send in to make it better? Criticisms, topics you'd like to see discussed, or an advertisement you'd like to run? Maybe you even want to sponsor an episode. If so, shoot us a message at mc460 at evansville.edu or DM us on Instagram at Crescent Magazine. Or we'll never get better like these fucking guys. Cool. So we totally stalled. I had to leave the room uh, to take a phone call, but it's about the time for us to end it anyway. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Table Talk, talking about natural failures. Our this own episode relationships is, with failure. Yep, our only re- yeah, own, did, we got pretty deep. Um, hopefully this episode will be coming out after the character sheet episode because we're going to get that filmed and done. Eventually we're going to do it, but if it doesn't, it doesn't, it'll come out after. But anyways, yeah. see you all next time. Thanks for listening in. Bye-bye. Bye.